Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Do we have the right in this country to say anything we want about anything we choose? Are our words protected by law? Recently, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, sat down in front of microphones at the Three Angels Broadcasting Network with Samuel Thomas from Message Magazine to discuss this very topic. In their give and take, we begin to catch a glimpse of what freedom means from a worldly standpoint and from the perspective of God's holy word. Here's Lincoln Steed and Samuel Thomas discussing whether we all have the freedom to be unkind. Let's listen. In a previous program, you'd mentioned the black community having perhaps a different attitude of tolerance toward practicing gays even in church life than some in the other Christian communities. That's true. This is a thorny issue, the emerging gay rights model. And how do Christians, how do biblically oriented Christians relate to this? Well, I think it's, it's difficult for us. And we are challenged by balancing the love of Christ while confronting what the Bible clearly defines as sin. Where our challenges are brought to a, a crossroad is when we are trying to put into practice lifestyle change, uh, encouraging people to move in a different direction while at the same time embracing them. So because the black community has in its roots the understanding of oppression and uh, separation and, and, and all of that, then there's this natural outgrowth of tolerance. But unfortunately, what some people have done is they've taken that and then they have put a totally different spin on it so that we now have this great surge of concern for gay rights uh, to the point of marriage which was never a part of God's design. Absolutely. There's no way to get a biblical, from the Bible, to get a pro-gay viewpoint. The best that I've seen that a Christian gay activist can manufacture is sort of draw on, on calls for charity and, and compassion right. to sort of enable their agenda, but, but there's no pro-gay behavior right. mandate from the Bible whatsoever. Right. But this gay movement and how Christians relate to it can have some really radical spin-offs. You know, the Supreme Court just recently brought down a decision in the, uh, the case of the Westboro Baptist Church based in Topeka, Kansas, I think, but they were traveling around to as many as, I think, 600 uh, sites around the United States, often at military funerals, stridently uh, haranguing the families of slain soldiers with anti-gay diatribes and so on. And of course, this wasn't, it was irrelevant what the, the orientation of the soldier was. They just hated what was going on in the military and using that as an excuse to condemn in lurid language gay behavior, to condemn the United States to uh, you know, damnation and destruction for embracing such behavior. And all in the name of Christianity, all in the name of faith. But how do we address that since we are a nation that tolerates opposing views? Well, the Supreme Court brought down a decision that even objectionable speech is protected. And they've, they've upheld it on a free speech point of view. And that's fine constitutionally, societally, I think it's going to have great blowback because many people find that thoroughly objectionable. They find it hateful. They find it an abuse of faith projection and, and many Christians distance themselves from that. And I think it's going to set 
the United States up for at some later point actually restricting such speech, which will be very bad. have to surrender to the reality that people will have opposing views and at the same time suggest that there is a way to voice an opposing view. And I think that that's where people are conflicted. Here they have a right to say, this is where we see our nation going wrong. But at the same time, it is in such a lurid level. It's, it's, it's beyond what's considered in good sense or good taste. Well. <laughs> I don't know that, that it's really been settled. We can appeal to the Bible. Uh, I'm trying to think of the text that flitted through my mind uh, where, where we, we esteem the other. Uh, More highly than ourselves, you know, yes. So we respect them as a fellow creature and, and that God loves them and so on, of course. But you know, what about the Jeremiah's and the others who stood at the public place and railed against the, the, the corruption in the state and in society? Mm -hmm. John the Baptist, who Jesus said, uh, you know, there was no greater among men. This was not homosexuality, but he condemned the public immorality of, of Herod. For which he lost his head. Absolutely. So uh, I'm inclined to think that, that someone of faith on occasions has to speak out in an unpalatable way to society, but they, they should take the consequence. I don't think it's reasonable to expect, if you have a moral viewpoint, that, that civil society is going to empower that because its terms of reference are different. That there's going to be times when society cannot, will not give you a pass on what you by conscience are compelled to say and, and you say it and you take the consequence. Doesn't this go back to the whole issue of where we, where we see our beginning? If we ascribe our beginning to, to God versus evolution, then how we look at life is totally different. What are your thoughts in Christian institutions across the United States? More and more we're finding that, that biblically based viewpoints on, on, on origins are not routinely uh, enforced or, or, or repeated and secular ideas on evolution and so on are, are slipping in. How can a church maintain integrity of message even within its own circles? Well, I, I think that there's certain aspects of theology and doctrine that are not debatable. Unfortunately, because uh, we, we live in an age where we think that everything is open for discussion, whether we do it under the clause of academic freedom or otherwise, we open the door to this novel idea that we can somehow through open dialogue come to some common ground. But that erodes the very bedrock of Scripture. It's authoritative. You gave a good answer because th this is what I was hinting at broadly, but maybe not getting at what I was uh, trying to get across when I was saying you take the penalty. In society at large, even in uh, like the United States where we have a, a liberal democracy and, and this freedom of speech, all things are not permissible. Right. There are restrictions. There, there are necessary boundaries drawn. 
in a church or a civic organization. There are rules of behavior. There are foundational principles that you adhere to. If you depart from that, there's a penalty. It could be expulsion from the organization. Just because the church believes in free choice and that we're all equal under God, it doesn't mean you can do and say anything even those things that are opposed to the principles of the church. One of the things that we find in this debate is the challenge of revelation and inspiration. That's, that's one of the key pieces. If I don't believe that Scripture is God's revealed will through man, if I don't believe that they are divinely inspired, uh, if I don't believe in certain core values of God and His sovereignty, then a lot of the rest of this whole dynamic, this, this energy that surrounds the debate, really it gets muddled. And so you have Christians saying, well, they believe in aspects of this, and, but they don't believe that. And so we're not here as scientists trying to you know, postulate what might have occurred in certain protracted processes you right. know, through the, the course of time. But from a theological standpoint, we can say either we believe the Word of God or we don't. And when it comes to that, then we really need to find a little bit less negotiable position concerning that. I mean, we wouldn't have had the Reformation, truthfully, Lincoln, if we had not had men who said, I stand on the Bible. Now, did they do everything that the Bible said? I mean, were there some things in the Bible that they hadn't yet grasped or accepted? Certainly. But at the cornerstone, the bedrock of their movement was the Bible. A conscience yes. informed by the Bible. Correct. And Martin Luther, who I think you were directly alluding to. Certainly. Early on, he thought that he could inform his church and it would correct itself. But he clearly recognized, I think by the time of the Diet of Worms, he, he clearly recognized that he was going to have to go his own way, that, that the church was not going to accept it. Correct. And that he would have to leave. Reformation is one thing, because, you know, the Reformation implies that they were reforming the Christian church, but they could not reform the Catholic church adequately, so they, they left and formed their own group. The Catholic church had a counter-reformation where it cleaned up the shop. This issue of freedom and how we relate not just to the state but to the church is, is one that I think is hardly ever investigated. And we need to recognize that, yes, we're not to compel other people as the medieval church did, not just enforce compliance, it would punish non-compliance. That's not biblical. But the idea that within a belief system, within a, a given church, people can indulge views that are directly contrary to the foundational principles and still call themselves a member of that church is nonsense, high-sounding nonsense. Hmm, that's Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, along with Samuel Thomas, who represents Message Magazine, sitting before microphones in the studios of the Three Angels Broadcasting Network talking about the freedoms that we have, the freedom of speech, the freedom of words to share, but also, do we have the freedom to be unkind? Do we have the freedom to speak our mind when that speech hurts other people or other people groups? 
interesting discussion. This is part one. We'll have part two of this same discussion. We'll pick it up right at our next program. Until then, listener, I would like for you to visit a website, libertymagazine.org. There you'll find a lot of resources to help you on your journey. Lincoln has his blogs there. The magazine is represented there, of course. Many of the articles you can read right there on the screen. You can look at the videos that Lincoln has made available, radio programs such as these. They're all right there at Liberty Magazine. And most important of all, you can subscribe to Liberty Magazine by filling out the form there and uh, making the arrangements. And you can send it not only to yourself, but to people in your community who you feel would benefit from having Liberty Magazine on their desktop. Check it out. Become part of our family. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed and Samuel Thomas inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>